Let's divert from some of the big geopolitical discussion from overnight and zoom in on the earnings from a consumer staple stock that jumped 15% after its report. That's a Newell Brands. Shares now up about 5.5% since the number as the market's pulled back. But it's been stable now for several years after the staple stock had gotten punished from its highs now about seven years ago. Joining us, Ravi Salagram is this chief executive officer and president at Newell Brands. Uh, Ravi, great to have you here back on the show. I'm delighted to be back. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. I know that uh, you've spoken with my colleague, Nicole Petalini, on her program a few times over the last year. Uh, you and I spoke about a year ago about your plans for Newell Brands. Uh, give us an update here because your stock did quite well during COVID. Uh, and uh, even if you include the COVID dip, uh, the shares have been stable now for a couple of years, which is certainly what investors have been hoping for. Yeah, Oliver, thank you for that. Um, look, I think it's all about getting the fundamentals right. We embarked on a turnaround and it is working. Our strategies are working. We had a phenomenal year in 2021. After several years of uh, revenue declines, our core sales growth, tantamount to organic growth, was up 12.5%, and our normalized operating profits were up 12.4%, and EPS, uh, normalized EPS on a tax-adjusted basis was up 20%. Our market shares on many of our brands were up. Uh, our top 10 brands, all of them grew. All our geographies grew. So it's really, we've reignited innovation at Newell, but at the same time, we're reducing complexity. Our cash conversion cycle, is down from like 121 to 65. Uh, so we've really gone after our SKUs. There were 105,000, we're now down to like 36,000. Mm -hmm. So we're addressing every aspect of this company. And this is in the face of mammoth inflation and a lot of supply challenges, but we just went after it. We were resilient, our teams were great. So, and our employee engagement surged. Uh, when I took over the company, it was, very, very low, and we were at like 45. We just went to world benchmarks at 75. So on every aspect, this is a company that the best days truly lie ahead, Oliver. Uh, Ravi, the uh, reduction in SKUs, the number of products uh, that uh, you've really narrowed it down to, uh, what did those have in common, those uh, remaining? Uh, uh, products, uh, uh, what's the process like? Is it just strictly what type of uh, margin you can make on these in an inflationary environment? Is it more marketing brand, what you want to people to associate uh, Newell with? Uh, how do you determine which you want to keep around? Yeah, great question, Oliver. I think it's really got to do with start with the consumer, which uh, SKUs truly have the velocity and uh, which represent the brand so we created very strong brand purpose for each brand and said, which SKUs truly signify what that brand is? Are these SKUs bringing in points of difference? Uh, do they, are they a great price value? So we looked at our A SKUs, B SKUs, and a lot of the SKUs that had very low sales or low margins. And some of, uh, uh, so we've also started exiting things which are small businesses that may not have traction like bedding. Uh, so some of the things that uh, fans, etc. So we said, let us really focus on what is really going to delight consumers. And we've been, so there was a lot of, I think in the past, it was just sort of growth for the sake of growth, not giving attention as much to margins. 
we're obsessed right now with gross margins hmm. and saying the gross margin is really the brand worth. So we've, we've got the organization galvanized and aligned to it. Our marketing people, our supply chain people are working on models, looking at skew turns. And so we've just been very uh, disciplined about taking uh, four SKUs out. And that is, that's what's helped us in this supply environment uh, imagine if we had 105,000 SKUs, how would we have managed? The fact that we brought it down allowed us to service our customers. And we'll continue the journey. It's not stopping. We think we can go down even more. And uh, Ravi, the inflation focus, uh, that obsession, uh, do you see light at the end of the tunnel uh, from the last year and a half? Yeah, Oliver, it's, uh, last year was quite brutal. Our inflation was 9% of COGS. But despite that, we grew normalized operating profits 12.4%. Having said that, we are not looking at the world through rose-colored glasses. We're looking at this year and saying our in, what we guided on inflation was that it would be about 8% of COGS. And so that we are planning for the worst. And hopefully, that way, we'll take the mitigating actions. Uh, we're taking pricing. We've taken it on all the business units, some several times. And but making sure that we are great consumer price value, uh, we're putting emphasis on productivity. So last year, our productivity was four percent of COGS. So and a lot of our inflation is coming from places like ocean freight, uh, which we don't see let up right now. Uh, source finished goods, labor. Uh, so I think with these sorts of factors, um, we feel that it'll continue. And we think if you plan for that and take mitigating actions. Uh, it'll really help us come on top, which we did. Last year when we started out uh, versus where we ended up, inflation was sort of three times, but we were able to manage through it. And so we're shockproofing and weatherproofing the company to say, look, we should be resilient. We're doing an incredible supply chain transformation project called the Ovid Initiative. And that is all about taking 23 supply chains, integrating them into one so that we have one order, one invoice, uh, one uh, payment, one truck, and that's going to make Mule very efficient and, again, help gross margins over time. Uh, very interesting stuff, uh, and uh, particularly honing down uh, the product suite. Uh, Ravi, is there uh, any uh, uh, outside influence uh, in terms of uh, uh, potentially uh, looking at uh, product lines to acquire or uh, to uh, spin off uh, further for for sales, or is there anything that uh, you want to add in while you're narrowing down the existing products? Are there others that you think would augment uh, Newell's existing uh, suite of products, or is it generally just uh, thinning that in-house? I think we have a great portfolio of businesses, Oliver. We have eight businesses, but we just announced that uh, uh, the sale of our connected homes uh, business to Residio. Um, so, uh, uh, and we just felt that uh, that would do better under someone else's home. It was strategically not as connected and not integrated in. Uh, but by and large, we think we have a great portfolio, uh, seven other businesses. We have 25 amazing brands, a total of 100 brands. Uh, we've got iconic brands. They're all being rejuvenated. So I think we've got the portfolio to drive growth. We really believe we've turned the corner and becoming a growth company. Look, we will look at 
tuck-in acquisitions if uh, they're interesting. Uh, we're looking at capital allocation now and saying, hey, as we've brought our debt down, uh, we were at 3.5 uh, leverage ratio. We brought it down to 3 in 21. Uh, we're also very pleased we got a ratings upgrade and uh, as investment grade by S&P. So that was very exciting for us. So we really think uh, share repurchases and tuck-ins uh, as we look at that and tuck-out divestitures, but no major change in portfolio composition because we think we have a great composition to leverage uh, the ongoing consumer trends. Okay. Uh, Robin, thanks for the update. And it uh, uh, looks like the market has been a fan of what you're doing. So uh, we will uh, we'll keep an eye on the stock and uh, strength here after earnings. Appreciate you joining us here on MTL. Thank you so very much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Robbie Seligram, president and CEO of Newell Brands.